prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. In Psalm 92, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. And though the wicked sprout like grass and evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord. For behold your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You've poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in their old age and they are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. May the Lord be blessed in the reading and the preaching of his word. So um, we're gonna be doing maybe for another, a couple of weeks, uh, a little bit also on prayer, but looking at Paul's prayers and other prayers from, from the scriptures um, to help us in this time. I think thinking a little bit about how being in this time of lockdown, we can value the things that God has given us and see what's important. And um, definitely something that when looking at the scripture and the one that we read today in Paul's letter to the Philippians is seeing that Paul was in prison when he was writing this. He was, whether it's home prison or another type of prison, he was bound. But yet he used this time as an opportunity to write and to, and to continue pastoring and caring for, his, for the churches that he had planted to continue the missionary work. A little bit of background maybe on Philippi, on the church of Philippi. <clears throat> um, it's just, for me, what stands out is it's, it's the ch first church uh, in Europe planted by the Apostle Paul. And it's a church that, it was a, a Roman colony, one of their um, outposts outside of the Roman Empire, and an important one. And so Paul also knew it was very st strategic for him to have a church there. And there was no synagogue when he arrived. <clears throat> when you read the book of Acts, you see that Paul starts a, in a prayer group with women or a group of women that were praying. And he, he started his work there with, with the first converts. But it became afterwards a church that was established there, an outpost further in, in the part of Europe. And that Paul really takes a care and a love for this congregation. And something that you see right through the letter of, of Philippians is the, the word rejoice and joy the word of being happy, um, Paul being bound and chained, yet this apostolic father loving his congregation was saying to them, you know, I want you guys to continue in joy. I want you to rejoice with one another. He does deal with some pastoral issues. He gives some uh, great revelation and, and, and thoughts on the deaf 
resurrection and the humanity of Christ. But the wonderful thing I, I always enjoy about reading Philippians is that joy. It is Paul just communicating that we should feel joy where we are as a church, even if it feels like we're in a difficult and hostile land or, a, or, a, or everything may be opposing us or they're difficult in this time. So looking at the Apostle Prayer, I, and this first apostolic prayer, I guess, that I'm looking at, um, and we're not going in any kind of order. So this is, we're just looking at different prayers. We're not saying this is the first or the second or the last one, but it is a, a prayer nonetheless that really does speak and minister to us and help us, give us some tools and something to bring glory to God in, even in this time as we're together uh, virtually, but at the same time at home. Um, I remember this story about... Um, a, a school of uh, young boys who a bit rebellious and difficult and instead of working as a team they were always fighting and big competitive but in an, in an unhealthy way with one another um, and the head teacher was trying to figure out how can I get these boys to work together how can I get them to to uh, support one another and he had a box of matches and a very small illustration he, t- he did with them he, he took the box of matches and grabbed one of the matches and snapped it in half. And then he told one of the boys, come here to the front. And he said, the boy came, said, look at all of these matches, put them together, hold them tight. Now try and snap them in half all together. And so it was quite a large bunch of matches and he grabs them and he tries to snap them down the middle and he just couldn't. And so the head teacher said to them, you know, individually you're weak in many ways, but together, if you help each other, work together, support each other, you're almost unbreakable. And that stood out on on this young group of men or boys at that time. And they understood the power of being together, united in unity and working for one another, that they were able to accomplish more, whether it was in sports, whether it was academically, and even as a family or as a community. That illustration stands out to me in this thought about prayer, that I think even though we haven't been physically together, there's been such a wonderful strength of the church and, and such a power because we're praying together with the, sing, with the same thought and a desire to see something accomplished. And more than anything, to hear God, to listen to what he says, and then to pray through his will in that direction. We're not trying to force God to do something. We're trying to hear God and agree with him and bless what he's doing. And we've seen that in this season. I really believe that we are seeing it as we have been praying for Pastor Rod's health, as we've been praying for the unity of our church and the strength of our church, for our elders. And you can see, I and I recognize when we we talk and interact with each other in different ways, God, you are with us. We are stronger because of what you're doing with us, because really as a church, you brought us to prayer. So in the Thinking on this text a little more is that heart of prayer, starting there. Paul's first exhortation is that he wants them to increase in love. He desires for them to grow in love. He he prays for them that that these believers will have a love that keeps on abounding, that keeps on going further. Not just a, uh, not just an emotional and momentary thing, but really for them to deepen their love, and and it. For us, it's important to know our love for God and our love for one another that continuously grows. You know, the more we know our God, our Father, the more that we are in that relationship through the Son, the more that we have that relationship with the Spirit of God, 
the more our love to one another will increase as well. As we spend time in his word, as we meditate and, and, and listen to his voice and begin to ask the Lord, what is your will here? We start to abound in that love, abounding towards one another. And, and it should never stop. It should continuously. Lord, what are the needs of us? And we may not always know what's happening with everyone, but um, just as you scroll maybe on your WhatsApp, or maybe as you look at the names and say, Lord, bless my, you know, bless, bless uh, the family, bless this group, bless these, these kids in, in, in our church. So that, that love will continue. So but I, I think one of the challenges that we have as a, in our heart is always to quickly grow cold and, and, and to let the worries or fears or the anxiety or the, or the challenges that we're facing to, to make our love grow cold. And there's a continual warning in the scriptures that we need to protect and guard our hearts to not allow it to grow cold, but to let it grow in that love. We can see the, the challenge and the difficulties that are around us, but can we also see the love of God that wants to work through us, wants to work in us and work through the others of our, in our community towards us as well? And sometimes it's very easy for us to be worried about what is yet, what if, what is yet to come. And that's one of those things that can easily take away the love of God in our hearts when we're worrying about what is yet to happen. Or, or when we are, or the other one is when we're looking back and, and thinking about the regrets or the past or the shame or the guilt that easily robs the love of God in our hearts. So it's a, a tension. The enemy will either try to tempt us with, with the things that are happening or yet to happen or remind us of our past and try and put us in, in shame or guilt or, or condemnation. Um, but it's God's love in us that not just convicts us, but brings a transformation and says, okay, there are things that are, we don't know that are going to happen, but Lord, all things work together for good for those who love you those, and you love us and you want to work through us. And Lord, you have dealt with our, with our shame and our guilt. You have dealt with those things that are, are, hold us behind. And we're grateful. So we, with that love, we can continue to abound and to know that God loves us as, in the same measure that God the Father loves the Son is the same measure that God the Father loves us. And that's some, and I, it's one of those thoughts that we sometimes need to just give time and settle it in our hearts, just to, like the seller no, in, the, in the Psalms, just kind of like, Lord, in the same measure that you love the Son and the Son loves you, you, you love me. And I want to abound in that love, Lord. I want to understand it more, that there's nothing that can separate us. So Paul's first thing is that he wants them to be glorified, that God be glorified in the love that they have, that they continue to abound. He's going to face it. And further, if you read the letter, and I really recommend in the week, if you can, or later on, just read the, the letter of Philippians again. He deals with, with an issue of, of party politics or division within the church. And yet Paul starts with this. I want you to abound with love. He, he knows where you know, the heart needs to be set right. But he also and continues to say, but I want you to understand, to have knowledge and discernment, to not just in this love to grow, but to in, in, in a way to glorify God with what we understand, what is happening. So not to understand what really matters. It says it that, um, that he may abound in, in more love, but in knowledge and all discernment so that they will understand what's important. You know, and, and it's 
again, we're easily pulled by different things happening around. And for those of you maybe doing homeschooling at home and trying to hold your, your work and all the other things and balancing, or whether it's just um, other, maybe other, maybe you're working and, and it is trying to divide, you know, this is my work life and this is my home life, all kind of blending and meshing and fusing all together and asking God, we need to know how to separate and understand what is valuable, what is important. From, and then this, this is really important because we, we want to not uh, allow the circumstances and challenges to bring us down, but we want to ask, Lord, at least we are living in a difficult moment in this COVID and, and this lockdown. But at the same time, Lord, you're, you want us to know what, what do you want to strip away? What do you want us to value? What is valuable in this moment? What is valuable? What relationships? What are the valuable things that are happening right now? So to understand, because sometimes it's so easy for us to, 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 to lose focus. I like a, a comment that the, um, Martin Lloyd-Jones does on this text. He says, the difficulty in life is to know on what we ought to concentrate. The whole art of life is sometimes, I think, is the art of knowing what to leave out, what to ignore, and what to put to one side, how prone we are to dissipate our energies and to waste our time by forgetting what is vital and giving ourselves to second and third rate issues. And, um, and, th- and I really believe that this time has helped us, is helping us to see what is important. As a lot of things and distractions go away, I remember um, we had our children in a school that you had to walk through an entire shopping mall, a shopping center. So I remember we'd have to park the car and then walk a few blocks right through the shopping center all the way to to the primary school to drop off the kids. And we had to drop them in different areas. And I remember... thinking this is going to be like a gauntlet. This is going to be like a, uh, a, an obstacle course because everything in the shopping center was pulling at their senses and at their eyes, you know, buy this, eat this, drink this, you need this, look at this new video game, look at this new clothing, look at, and it was like walking through a minefield uh, every week. Just, you know, the kids would always want, oh, there's a new muffin or there's a bubble tea or this other it was, it was all created to, to get people shopping and buying and spending. And yet now all of that has disappeared. And I imagine for many people just having to sit and be still, maybe having to just learning to not allow all those things to pull anymore. All these strings almost are being cut away from us and being stripped and to realize, okay, what is valuable? God, you've given us this time. And in, in a way, when you are having to sit down and be before God or be in some time alone, it is that, Lord, what do you want to do? What is it here? And maybe in the other case, if you're with the kids and with family at home and it's all the noise, it's also looking, Lord, I want to hear you in this. And I'm so grateful when Karen sometimes uh, sees the kids and hears the noise in my house, she'd say, you know, you could see there's joy happening in the house. You could see there's life happening in the house. I know God, for each one, we're all different. I know for some, you know, the peace and quiet is, is wonderful. And for others, I need some noise and some, but God's dealing with us in all of these things, I think, to help us to value and to see what is important, to discern and understand. So we grow in love and we begin to understand what is valuable. 
because all of the and again think about the philippian church there were many things pulling at them for different the roman empire the 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 the, the structures and systems and the marketplace pulling at them as well nothing really there is nothing new under the sun they were also facing the same challenges you know and yet paul is teaching here you know abound in love but also value know what is important what are you going to put your energies into he continues to say to them he wants them to be approved excellent pure with integrity <clears throat> that they would be as a group and as a community without fault or without anything that the enemy could hold on to them but it's not that they were trying to attain some type of perfection in in their own merits and strength if anything we we understand that it's only through Christ that we're able to have this but it is a wonderful feeling when there is no guilt no shame there is no condemnation there is a wonderful lightness when we have rested upon the work of the cross when we have given our past our present our future to the lord when we're saying lord that you know we are trusting you we are uh, leaving our past in your hands we know what has happened and we now trust also what you're doing you're working through us and to live with that paul was asking him to live with integrity to be sincere uh, unmixed without hypocrisy and and to be blameless in the way that they walk without stumbling and and paul uses this word blameless to describe his own conscience before god and men and we really need that i think as churches and and talking to, also to the body of christ in in, in general in, in a larger scale as well across there there is so much that affects us when we see one of our brothers or a minister or or someone in leadership fall when someone loses their way when someone loses their faith in god and and it and it's there i think we need to learn also to pray lord bring them back help them to find their way those prodigal sons those lost sheep those lost children of of, of the household that they whatever that you know when they feel that they can't do this anymore that they they feel that they you know their faith and and for some this season has been also that challenge where things have been um moved whether it's a job loss or whether it's family loss of the pain it, the you know it's time when we pray and say lord remind them of their walk with you remind them of where they where you began in them remind them where you are with them right now and remind them of the promises yet to happen we know that it it's it's a continual walk with you it's not a race we're not trying to beat others or or trying to uh, get some type of recognition this is about a, a one on one walk with you and we want to be transparent we don't want things to hold us to let go of that whatever that burden or or guilt or shame and learn to just trust lord and that you're working in us and so god is always looking into the heart and god you know and he and we're able to bring our thoughts to him and say lord you know does this please you is and and, and we take thoughts captive to, to to the obedience of christ as well i love that paul mentions in this prayer the day of christ and his return and he takes them to there so to the he wants them to be glorifying him with the glorifying god with their love glorifying god with what is valuable glorifying god with their walk in integrity but also for that day to so that day when christ comes that they would give him glory knowing that jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead the ruler of kings of of the earth 
that he comes. So the prayer was to was understanding one another, to love our, the, our God with all our mind and strength, but to love one another, but also loving in that day that he returns. And that's a, and it's important for us because we, we want to also always have that hope that yet we're living here, bearing fruit, giving to him through Christ, being faithful witnesses, but at the same time, we know that he returns. We know that he comes again for us, that he, that, and, you know, things will change in that time. But uh, <clears throat> when it ends in this, this prayer, he, he prays for them to be filled with fruits of righteousness for the glory of God. And that's the work that Christ does in them, imputed to them. That we understand that we're accepted and secure and that we have a significance that's only found in Christ. That, that place of security that comes in him. And in Psalm 92, <clears throat> when I was praying this I, I do I always find that the Psalms have a, such a mix and a, such a large spectrum of emotions and feelings and and thoughts and petitions and prayers and worship and praise you could find all of, of what we're going through in one or another prayer and in this psalm you see that there, the, the psalmist writing about the glory of God and how he is powerful and mighty, how he's, he's seen the enemies flourish, but yet it doesn't mean anything. And then he comes to the end saying, Lord, you've made me strong. You have anointed me and you've given me strength. And then in the last two verses, he says, <clears throat> the righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in their old age and they are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. We've seen in this time so many things shaken, structures, instability, things being leveled off, companies going into administration. And um, we hear this, the unprecedented times and the kids saying, Dad, what does that mean? What, what does it unprecedented times mean? Like it's just a quick way to explain it. It's when the government doesn't know what's happening, really. They don't know what's going on. But at the same time, there's been so much pain and loss as well. But it's good to know that we have a Lord who defeated on the cross sin, death, and Satan. And in, it's in this, also in this letter of the Philippians, where Paul says, you know, to live, to, for me to die is going to live, you know, for me to live and die is gaining Christ Jesus, to, to give him glory. And for us as a church, this whole season, everything that's been happening around COVID and everything has brought out things such as courage, ingenuity, having to step out into to doing online and virtual church, having this solidarity, this, this unity that we are stronger together, I think more than ever because of what we're going through. We're all at the same. And maybe some of you who have family in other countries, you, you can almost just feel it. We're all walking this same battle together. I was talking with family uh, that are in a very rural part of Peru and everything that they felt, the problems and the difficulties and the challenges that they're going through are the same that we have. And then seeing us as well, because they walk with the Lord, seeing their hope and their confidence also is inspiring. Seeing the charity, seeing the giving that's happening in seasons like this, seeing groups I hear on the news groups such as uh, CAP, Christians Against Poverty, hearing the churches doing their food bank 
and hearing how they, they recognize that even the church is such an important place for people feeling loneliness and depression, for people feeling isolated. That is, it's when we come together, whether it's physically or virtually, there is something that we can only transmit because we have the love of Christ, because we have the spirit of God, that we're able to shine in the darkness. And there's something, no matter how much the world tries, they cannot replicate that because there is a, a hope, not because we get healed all the time, not because we have all the resources, not because everything is working out at the, in, in a natural way, but because we have the hope of glory of Christ in us, that we can do it, that even with a few resources, we're able to do great things. Even in a small community, we have a, a great strength. Even when we have physical difficulties and, and sicknesses, we are strong because Christ in our weakness is strong through us. And so we can understand that this, this moment that we're living in is a moment also that God is glorified and that he's showing us that. He's showing us what we're made of. And I really believe as a church, he's really been showing what we're really made of. So I, I, one of the things that, that coming at the end of this, and I'm thinking of, the, of Lord, how much we are grateful for. And, I, and there is so much we can be grateful in, in our prayers to the Lord. We, we can glorify him for the love that he abounds in us. We can glorify him for the things that we value. We can glorify him as, a, as, as we know that we are being prepared for the day of the Lord. But we can also be grateful for what we, live, what we have and, and available to us. I'm so grateful that we're seeing the vaccines, that the numbers are increasing, that our government have made good decisions or are, make, are bettering their decisions in this area. I'm grateful for the NHS, for all those in the front line working, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been other sicknesses that our families and groups are going through. I'm grateful for, for the leaders. And I pray, and this is a mix of gratitude and struggle in this one, but pray for those who are making decisions on education, medicine, and our finances over our governments and our nation. But even if we ha have to still face more further uh, lockdowns or, or, or other challenges that may come because we don't fully know all about the virus in some ways, but we know that God is with us and that we're, we're walking together and, and strengthening with one another in love and in that and maturing to become like Christ through this. I'm grateful for those things. I'm grateful for the church family that we have here at City Temple. So I ask you there where you are to, to bow your heads as we pray and as we come before him. And we ask, Father, Lord, in this, in this time, I'm praying that you increase your love in us, that it may abound more and more for one another, Lord. That we may know the love that you have for us, Lord. That we may bear fruit because of that love in us. And, that and in this season, Lord, we will value those things that are important that we will take care of what is really needed to be taken care of, Lord. And Father, that you teach us, Lord, to, to be approved by you, Lord, to walk pure and blameless and in integrity, Lord. If there is any darkness in our hearts, Lord, let your light shine and work with your spirit through us so that we may walk uprightly and securely in you, Lord. Lord, and keep our eyes on Jesus, Lord. Keep our eyes on his return, Lord. 
Keep our eyes on that hope, Lord. We thank you because he overcame. He is resurrected and he has promised to return, Lord. And we pray, come, Lord Jesus. We pray as a church and community, Lord. Now, Lord, where there is a day that there will be no more sickness. There will be no more pain. There will be no more divisions. There will be no more racism. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more uh, evil and wars. And that we will know that Christ will completely bring to peace, that his government will reign and his kingdom will reign forever and ever. We wait for that day. We know that all injustice will be dealt with and true justice because you are the king and you are the faithful witness. And we give you glory for this, Lord. And Father, I also pray for healing right now. I, I thank you for those. And I, I uh, again, for healing emotional, but I, today, Lord, healing also for physical whether it's arthritis, eczema, and even um, just the pain in the shoulder of, of, of anxiety and of stress, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you release your spirit upon them right now in Jesus' name. Father, we give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.